0: Welcome back to the Sozo Ministries International Offices here in Umbali, Uganda. My name is Scott Ingram. I'm the Apostolic Overseer for Sozo Ministries. Today is July the 6th, 2020, and this is your Monday message. I hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, To all of our American friends and supporters and partners, I hope you had a wonderful 4th of July. Uh, Happy Independence Day. I hope you were able to celebrate a little bit, even with the lockdown uh, issues going on. We weren't able to have our big international party we always have in Uganda, but a few of the families we uh, were able to get together in different locations. And so our family went and spent time with a, about three other families. And we had a really good, um, you know, barbecue and hangout for Independence Day. And so we got to celebrate. So hopefully um, this weekend was relaxing for you as well. Um, to everyone else around the world. Uh, it wasn't a holiday weekend for you guys, so you can ignore all of that stuff. Um, but how is everyone doing? I would love to hear in the comments. You can you can let me know. Uh, I want to jump right in today because I have something I want to talk about that I think is a, a very important topic, and it's, it's something I, I have talked about a lot in the past, but it hasn't really been a major theme of my preaching, my teaching for the last few years, but I feel like with a lot of the things going on in the world, it's coming full circle. It's coming back around. If you watched last week's Monday message, you know we talked about the the full armor of God and how each piece of the armor protects a different piece of our life and, and the way we think and the way we act. And it guards us from the enemy. Um, I did, I said I was going to start blogging on that type of spiritual warfare. So I did post that on my website this week, uh, anthonyingram.com. You can go find the first one. There, if you're interested, um, but thinking about that, I've really been thinking a lot about spiritual warfare and and in the protection of the mind, in in the mental game. You know, we we quoted from uh, 2 Corinthians 10 last week that the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but we we have been given this divine ability to take every thought captive and bring it into the obedience to Christ. That's a paraphrase. Um, but you can you can go read that in Second Corinthians ten, uh, starting in verse six, I believe. What I want to talk about today, though, is this idea of discernment. That if we're going to take every thought captive, and right now, I mean, I, this morning, I'm I'm delayed uh, doing this message a bit in my morning schedule, and even. Uh, my sitting down, normally I wake up, it's the first thing on my mind, I wake up, I'm journaling, I'm praying, what do you want me to talk about, Lord? Those things and this morning, I was very delayed in trying to get started on this because I, I woke up and I was immediately grabbed by a news article that had popped up on my phone and I've been reading news and, and checking Facebook and all of those things. Um, and like I told you last week, we are at a season um, where... Everything is out to capture our mind. All of the media, all of the scare tactics going on, all of the confusion and all of the divisions. Um, We've got confusion about this virus that's going around. People still don't know when is there going to be a vaccine. Is it disappearing? Is it staying? What is happening with the virus? Um, The local newspaper here, I read a newspaper occasionally called the New Vision, and on the first page they have had myths about the coronavirus debunking some myths because people are saying oh it can be treated with this or oh this you know prevents you from getting it and they're debunking myths (coughs) excuse me uh with all of the riots and protests and everything going on in america we are just being inundated with these mental games here in africa it's no different they're uh, right now um Here in Uganda, we're celebrating because last week, um, seven cities, including ours here in Mbali, we got city status. Um, So we're officially our own city municipality now, where prior to this, only Kampala was a city, Um, but they're building some urban centers around the country. And so we have a lot of benefit coming into that. A lot of changes are are taking place. My wife is involved with a a local group um, trying to set some of the policies for uh, how the city's going to be maintained um, in cleanliness and those things, uh, but with all that, there's also a lot of rumors of political scandal and people bribing and paying money to do this, and so all of these things are are coming against our minds. Okay, like it it it's not a physical attack. But it's a mental attack that is building anxiety, it's building stress, it's building you know, uh, in some people even a hopelessness and a depression because we don't know what's going on. And so again, this ties back to what we talked about last week, but I want us to look uh, at Hebrews chapter 5, a couple of verses, and I actually wanted to, to look at a couple of different translations uh, as we build on this. But Paul is basically trying to give, the Apostle Paul, he's trying to give the Hebrews the foundational understanding of the the gospel so that they can understand the foundation which we build our lives on. But he has a problem. He says, I couldn't give you the depth of what I wanted to give you. And he's comparing it to giving babies milk, but you give mature people meat. And so here's what he says. It's Hebrews chapter five, uh, starting in verse 11. I'm gonna read the ESV, the English Standard Version first. Uh, It says this. but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. <clears throat> you'll have to excuse me. We um, we were, for 4th of July, we were sitting around a fire and the smoke got in my throat and I've been coughing ever since. It's like I can still feel the smoke burning, so you'll have to excuse my... Voice, but what I want us to talk about is, is where it says in verse 14 that solid food is for mature, and he defines mature by saying it's those people who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. He's saying that if we want to grow in discernment and we want to be able to filter all of these thoughts, all of these things that are coming against us mentally. We have to practice. Now, I want to read the same passage again in a a different translation, a a paraphrased translation, um, just so we can kind of get the heart of, of what he's saying. It's the same passage, but in the Passion translation, he says this. We have much to say about this topic, although it is difficult to explain because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. For you should already be professors instructing others by now, but instead you need to be taught from the beginning the basics of God's prophetic oracles. You're like children still needing milk and not yet ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness, but solid food is for the mature whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. Okay, here's what I want us to to take away from this. So the one, the, the ESV says that mature people are those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. To distinguish good and evil, the Passion translation says that they have been trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding, um, because the uh, going up solid food is for the mature whose spiritual sense of, senses perceive heavenly matters. That's where I want us to look at. What I want us to understand is when the Bible talks about discernment, most often people think about discernment being oh, there's an angel doing this or there's a demon doing this or when we're we we deal with deliverance ministry a lot and and part of discernment is knowing okay what type of spirit is this coming against them is this a spirit a spirit of torment uh, is it a spirit bringing temptations is it a spirit of fear is it a spirit of rejection and you need to discern which type of spirit is controlling people but that's not what Paul's really talking about in this he says that through your experience by what what you've lived since you become a Christian, that your discernment needs to be trained to take everything captive to the word of God, to know, is this good? Is this evil? And, and here's the problem. When I'm talking about things in society, news articles, Facebook posts, all these things that are coming against us, against us mentally, it's difficult to say, oh, this is evil or this is good. Like we're not talking necessarily about demons, but we need to understand that if this is the surface level, there are things underneath that are fighting for our mind. And so we that's why he's saying that mature Christians have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice so that in everything, every day of our lives, everything we are trying to do, trying to learn, trying to understand, trying to work out, We're practicing to understand what's the spirit underneath everything. What is happening below the surface? And so what I want to talk about briefly, and again, this is something I've talked about many times in the past. But what I want to share here, uh, the first time I think I may have mentioned it once on on the Monday messages before, but we've never talked about it before, is the fact that we have three voices in our head that we can, we can hear, and I'm not talking about multiple personalities and those things, those are those are different cases, but for the normal, healthy individual, we have three voices that all of us hear in our head, and this is the basic level of understanding discernment, and I've actually pulled out my old journal from 2012 when I was living in Haiti, because this is when God really started speaking these things to me and sharing it with me. And, and so uh, I'm going to read a little bit from it, but I'm going to teach you what he told me then, and, and then I'll expound on it a little bit. But when I was living in Haiti, I asked him one day, Lord, what do you want to teach me tonight? And, and I was sitting there, I was two-way journaling, we've talked about that in the past, and he told me, he, he said, I want to focus on discernment and when it's my voice you're hearing. Um, and, and to what he did is he started giving me some insights to know when is it his voice, When is it my own imagination? And when is it the voice of the enemy bringing lies and trying to bring me into a mental bondage? Now, again, we take every thought captive to obey Christ. But what the Bible teaches is that not every thought in your head is your own thought. Sometimes we're hearing the voice of God. Sometimes we are hearing the voice of the enemy. And so Uh, And then sometimes it's just our own thoughts, our own imagination, but we've got to take every thought captive and bring it to obedience to Christ. That's what the author of Hebrews is saying. I've been saying the Apostle Paul. I apologize. I think that's habit for me. I always say Paul, but we don't know who wrote Hebrews. So forgive me. I I actually don't think it was Paul. Uh, Again, my fault, um, but the author of Hebrews is saying that it's the the continual practicing of bringing every thought captive to Christ that we were practicing discernment and having our senses trained. And so I asked the Lord this question: You know what is natural discernment, like just human wisdom, human discernment, versus spiritual discernment, God's discernment. And here, here's what he told me. He said, natural discernment most often plays out for self-protection or self-promotion. And so what he's saying is when I'm just in my own mind and I'm trying to discern what's going on around me, what should I be doing, What my life, my natural discernment, my mind is going to try to protect myself. And it's going to try to promote myself. I'm going to want to be known. I'm going to want to be famous, to get more money, to whatever. And so it's always going to be self-protection and self-promotion. And those two things, working in unison, trying to build myself up to be something. Then he told me this. My discernment, the Lord's discernment, on the other hand, is always for kingdom promotion there may be elements of personal benefit as a byproduct but that is never the primary focus and so what he told me is when whenever you're work, operating on holy spirit's discernment working through you every thought that comes from him that's a that that's a godly gospel oriented thought is going to be about promoting god's kingdom his rule and reign in the earth it's going to be pushing people to jesus there may be an element of you know, that you get promoted. God gives favor to his people. He promotes, he elevates. Uh, one of the articles I wrote years ago was, was uh, I think it was called Three Steps to, to uh, I don't remember, uh, just godly promotion. Three ways that you can enable yourself to be promoted by God. These are holy and righteous ways. There is godly promotion of people. God promoted abraham he promoted moses he promoted the apostle paul and the other apostles he promoted people to accomplish his goals and his uh his his work but their promotion wasn't the goal god's discernment when it's god's discernment working in us it's always to promote him to promote the gospel to promote Jesus to lift him up and so sometimes there may be a, an element where we actually get put into danger for his promotion so there's no self protection and 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 you know the the uh, John the Baptist said i must decrease so that he can increase sometimes that self promotion is not there sometimes we are actually taken down John the Baptist was beheaded so that Jesus could be glorified. Um, So personal discernment, just the human will is going to protect ourselves and promote ourselves, but that's not the focus of God's discernment working in us. God's discernment is, is this thing that's coming into my mind, working toward fulfilling the gospel call, fulfilling the great commission, building God's kingdom on earth, and everything else is secondary to that. And so... What I then asked the Lord is, okay, you're, you're talking to me about this form of discernment. So how does it play into discerning the three voices in my head? God's voice, the enemy's voice, and, and my own thoughts, my own voice, my own, your own internal voice. And here's what he said. The first thing you need to understand is that your thoughts will come based on where you have most focused your mind This is what we talked about last week. He said, remember, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. So to have a sanctified mind, sanctified thoughts, you have to focus on me and seek my kingdom. And then your own thoughts will follow. So here's what he's saying. What you allow into your mind on a daily basis, what these external things that are coming in, If you're focused on worldly things, your own imagination is going to be worldly. But if you're focused on godly things, your imagination is going to be godly. And so that's why over and over the scripture tells us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whatever is lovely, pure, holy, righteous, think on these things, right? And so this is why, like, We don't play the legalistic game of to be a Christian, you have to go to church and pray and read your Bible and do this. And if you miss any of those things, you're not a Christian. No, no, no. Those disciplines are to enable you to work out your salvation publicly, to live out what Jesus is calling you to. And so I already told you this morning, I was distracted where normally... Every Monday, the first thing on my mind is, God, what do you want to say to our our people today who join us on the Monday message? And I'm in the Bible and I'm praying to him because I want to, to do this. Today, I was distracted. Today, I let my mind be captured by one news headline and it led me down a cycle of, I wonder what's going on with this or with that. But we have a sure way of how our mind can be transformed. It's the word of God. Like this, if we're putting this into our head more than the news, more than Facebook, more than television, more than political talk radio, then our mind is going to be transformed, transforming our lives according to the Word of God. But if our time is filled with all of these other things, that's where our mind is going to be uh, working from. That's going to lay the foundation. And so, let me give you an example. I used to be addicted to a, a TV. Uh, I won't even say the TV show. A, a, a certain, a, a couple of shows on the network, the TV network in the U.S. called Comedy Central. Um, Comedy Central. If you know anything about it, most of the shows have very vulgar language. And the the couple of shows that I really watched, I thought they were hilarious. But a lot of this the joking was sexual, very crude. and I made a lot of excuses, oh I'm, I, you know I, I, I understand what's right and what's wrong. I'm not I'm not gonna you know go out and, and live what they're joking about, but I thought it was funny. I thought the production quality was good. And so I made all these excuses, right? But what was actually going on inside of me confession moment, if you if you can't handle me being real, turn it off now. but confession moment, I would watch Comedy Central and I would listen to the joking, and the joking is very sexually explicit. It's, it's making all these crude jokes, and what that started working in me is after a day or two of listening to these things, even though I was reading the Bible, I was doing all that stuff, listening to these things, those thoughts are in my head, and those thoughts started working themselves out, in temptations back to pornography, back to masturbation, back to all of these sinful issues but they weren't stemming just because I'm sitting in my room going, yeah, I want to look at pornography. It was the, the thoughts that I was allowing in is what was then coming out. You know, there's an old saying, and I used to hate it when I was a youth, but if you put trash in, you get trash out. Well, that's actually true. And so your own thoughts are going to be determined by what you're putting in this is the major step of discernment because this is what you're accountable to i'm going to give you what the lord told me about the other two voices but you can't control what god says and you can't control what the devil says all you have control of is your mind and what you put in is going to determine what you get out so hopefully with that in mind you need to assess your own life of am i allowing too much junk in and do i need to be giving more time to the word of god to prayer to worship music to christian podcasts to whatever it is um because the truth is right now in this season i think i think so many people so many christians that i've talked to are getting bored um they're they're tired of being at home they're tired of being locked down they're tired of not being able to go have Normal church, they're being tired, they're getting tired of not being able to have big group gatherings and those things. But their boredom, instead of leading them into the secret place that we've been talking about regularly on this Monday message since the very first one, uh, our our ministry theme for the year is abide in his presence. Instead of allowing this lockdown to lead us more into his presence, too many Christians are actually. they're so bored and restless that they're not doing anything. And so it's it, if we're honest, it's easier to scroll a Facebook feed and see all the negative comments than it is to intentionally open the Bible and read and pray and do those things. Because scrolling Facebook, scrolling the news, that's passive, but it, it takes an active person to get into the Word of God and to grow. And so that I think that's key. I mean, I'll even throw it back up here. I think that's key because he said, uh, sorry, the other one, uh, we have much to say about this topic, although it is difficult to explain because you have become too dull and sluggish to understand. I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like in this season, too many Christians, when we have this opportunity to go deeper, we've become dull and sluggish and we're not growing in the things of God. And again, this is the only one—the only voice we can control is our own mind. And so we have to be um, practicing discernment of what we allow into our heads so that we can put out good fruit. The other two voices, the other things he told me is he said, secondly, when the enemy speaks, it will sound like truth. Yet underneath there will be the permission to rebel and to sin without consequence because the devil is always working to build a false image of me, of God, and who I want you to become. And so when the enemy speaks, the enemy's a liar right? We, everybody always says, oh, the devil's a liar, the devil's a liar. But it's a question of are we able to catch him in his lie because he is so practiced at making things sound true that if we're not practicing discernment and we haven't filled our head with God's truth, we will believe his lie. This is what he attempted with Jesus in the temptation in the wilderness, Luke chapter four, the devil saying, is it not written that if you do this, then God will do this. All of what the devil said sounded good, but Jesus responded by quoting the word of God back to him, saying, you're not tricking me. I understand that you're quoting the Bible, but you're lying to me. The first thing that the devil brought against Jesus wasn't even a temptation to sin. It was a temptation to doubt. Because in Luke chapter three, the last thing we heard was at Jesus' baptism, God speaks over him, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In Luke chapter four, the first thing we hear is the devil saying, if you're really God's son. He wanted him to doubt his identity. He wanted him to doubt what God had spoken, the direct word of God. And so the devil does lie, but he covers his lies so well. Too many people are too dull to catch him in his lies. This is, you know, think about Adam and Eve. Eve is in the garden, she's observing the fruit and she say, it says she saw that the fruit looked good, it looked delicious, it looked edible. That's her own thought, okay? God told her not to eat it, but her own thought is, I wonder why God told me not to eat it. That fruit looks good. She's not eating it, not on her own, but she's thinking, yeah, that looks good. So she that's just the human mind. But when the devil came in with the lie, did God really say that? No, no, no. Look at it. You see that it's good. God knows if you eat this fruit, you'll be like him. You won't need him. She bought the lie and doubted what God said because the devil is very crafty. He's very crafty with us today. And I, honestly, I believe, um, no matter what the reality is in the world, I believe a lot of the news cycle is controlled by the principalities and the powers of the air, the demonic forces, the spiritual forces at work in heavenly places. I think there's a lot of that at work in media. I think there's a lot of that at work in politics. Uh, And and again, I'm not saying all of the people in those areas are bad. We've got great Christians in those areas, but I'm saying we're not wrestling flesh and blood. The enemy is working and too many of us are too dull and sluggish to understand. We're not using our heads and understanding this. And so then the, the third thing the Lord told me is to know for sure it's me speaking. Learn to ask the question, how is the kingdom of God or how is my own personal sanctification advanced by what I'm hearing? Because if the enemy speaks something to us, it's not going to advance either of those things. It's going to hold us back. It's going to hold God's kingdom back. And so the Lord's saying, if, if you're getting instructions in your head, you need to ask, how is this promoting God's kingdom or my own sanctification. Because even the lies of the devil that aren't instructions, the, the ones that are just condemning, that doesn't build you up. Okay, Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But the devil wants to say, you're worthless, you're useless, God could never love you. How could you do that? You'll never change. He wants to speak those words of condemnation over us. And so we've got to realize that not every thought that comes into our head is God. That's my point today. Not every thought that comes into your head is your own thought. And not every thought that comes into your head is God speaking to you. The enemy speaking. And so we've got to become mature by having our discernment trained. Our senses, our spiritual senses have to be trained. We have to be able to see what's going on in the heavenlies, not just around us in the earth because again I don't care what reality is it's the narrative it's it's what gets in it's it's what tries to capture our mind that's going to hold us back who's going to build fear it's going to build isolation and depression and hopelessness it's going to cause us to doubt the word of god and the only way we're going to overcome is to practice discernment and and I want to share this today because Again, since last week's Monday message, I've been praying about this stuff all week. I've been thinking about this all week. And I really see in people I'm counseling one-on-one, in questions I'm hearing asked online by Christians, I'm really sensing that there is a dullness and sluggishness amongst too many Christians not actively practicing discernment. And, And the writer of Hebrews says, we wanted to give you meat, but you're not ready. We're having to give you the foundations. We're having to explain to you all these things again. And and that's not how it should be. And so uh, I just want to pray for us that, that God would allow us to understand clearly. He would reveal himself to us clearly. And we would be able to grow in our discernment as the body of Christ. So God, right now, I just pray for everyone watching and everyone not watching. Lord, I just pray for your church, for your people, Lord, that right now in this season where there are so many mind games going on in the world, and, and they don't even coincide. There are so many different things going on, but it's it seems like right now in this season we're under attack. It's exacerbated by the lockdowns and, and uh, election years um, and, and all of these things. God, Lord, I just pray for your people right now that you would give us the ability to hear your voice very clearly. And Holy Spirit, that you would work in us to build our ability to discern good and evil, to discern what's going on in the world and what's alive from the enemy, to discern what we should be doing and where we need to stop paying so much attention. Lord, I pray that you would build holy discernment in your people. And Lord, that your people would put into practice everything they know to do to have their mind conformed to your truth, to your word, so that our life is transformed by the renewing of our minds. Father, open your word to them. Put scripture on their heart. Put your your word in our mouths, Lord, so that that's what's going in and that's what's coming out. Father, put your praise on our lips, Lord, rather than uh, the praise of political movements and the praise of doctors and scientists and the praise of men who, Lord, we can't control what's going on, but we can control our perception and, and our discernment. And so, Lord, I just pray that you help us grow in this area as the body of Christ. And Lord, we bless you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me again. I, I do love doing these messages, and I always say I'm going to keep it under 20 minutes, and it's going to be well, and then I, you know, I get so into... What I feel like the Lord's saying that I, I just keep going. I could honestly sit here for another hour and talk about this, but we're not going to. Um, I will say this. Uh, on this topic, I did actually record a podcast this week where I take what I just shared that the Lord shared with me. I take it deeper and we talk. I talked about how we can grow in discernment. You can find that on my personal website, again, anthonyingram.com. It's actually been shared on the Sozo Ministries Facebook page, so you can find it there. My podcast is called The Christian Life Podcast with Scott Ingram. Uh, You can find it on most major podcasting apps if you want to find it. Um, But anyways, thank you for watching. Uh, Again, I'm not trying to promote that. I'm just saying if you want to know more, you want to continue growing, that resource is available. Uh, As always, we would love to connect with you. You can do that through Facebook, Sozo Ministries, Inc. Um, You can do it on our website, sozoministries.net. We're also on on Twitter and Instagram and, and like that. Just at Sozo Ministries. Um, but you can connect with us online. You can send us your prayer requests. You can support the ministry. Um, you can let us know what's going on. We, we, we really do want to connect with you. Um, we are actually actively working right now, trying to figure out uh, what it looks like in the future for some mission trips to get teams coming again. Uh, honestly, it's probably not happening in 2020. Uh, November is my earliest estimate. Uh, if it's going to happen at all, but uh, just you can, you can get on Sozoministries.net, subscribe to our newsletter, and, and as things come out, we'll be letting you know. Um, anyways, I am rambling at this point, so uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, God bless you. I can't wait until next week.